0: We all have times when we need saving. Maybe this has happened to you if you're a parent. Your child climbs up into a tree. They get completely stuck. Suddenly they realize that they need your help and they cry out to you. Has it happened to you as a parent or a grandparent or a babysitter? You suddenly realize a predicament and your need for help. Worse yet, maybe you were the kid who went racing down the street on some wheeled object with no regard for life and limb you don't even see the danger around you, the predicament you're in. You don't comprehend it. You're as calm as you can be, even if there's chaos on every side of you. It's not that you were tougher or faster or smarter, even if you believed that you were. You just didn't know how close you were to the edge, to the danger. Maybe you're someone different than both of those. You're the one that defies all of it, that insists that no matter what you're dealing with in life, It's actually not a big deal. In fact, it's not even a predicament. There's no chaos, there's no danger. There's no need for concern. You might even get upset if people act like they're concerned about what's going on. There are no problems, no disagreements. You don't need anyone's help. You have it all figured out. If I'm honest with you today, there are times in my life when I've been all three of those figures. I've been the parent finding my children so high up in a tree that I felt like they probably needed oxygen. I had been the daredevil kid on the skateboard or big wheel or dirt bike and whatever it was, even when I fell and got an injury, I would tell the adults around me, I know what I'm doing, I'm fine. And even when I got hurt, I'd stand up and pretend it was nothing, even if I felt like I might have cracked a rib. Worse yet, I'm sure that as an adult, I have been the one who defies it all, telling everyone that I have no problems, no worries. No issues that need my assistance from anyone. I don't need God to help me. I don't need anyone else to help me. I'm good, but I'm not. Nothing is good in life, and sometimes, due to the sinful nature of the world around us, things aren't good. They're bad, they upend us, and they flip us over and turn us inside out. The circumstances we face may feel impossible if we have the courage to admit it. Life can seem to be chaos and we want to panic, even when we know better. Still, it's true, we all have times. We all need saving. We need saving because in the midst of that chaos, whether self-inflicted or a byproduct of living in this sinful world, we struggle. There's no peace around us. There's very little peace, if any, within us. That can and does affect our state of being. It messes with our lives, our relationships, our marriages, our families. It hurts our friendships, our neighborhoods, and our workplaces. It can make school feel like a very difficult place to be. All of this messy stuff in life, it drives us to this question during Lent. What causes us to know lasting peace? Sure, we look for it all around us in many places, but what we find doesn't last in relationships and material things. Where can we find lasting and real peace, and what then? What does it take for us to know that kind of peace Whether we cause the chaos or something else around us causes it, whether we deny it exists or don't like it, we all want peace. How can we get it? Today we're going to look at Luke 19, 36 through 44. It's one of Jesus's last moments of somewhat normal life before the speed of the passion picks up as he moves quickly towards the cross. Yet we know Jesus is in control. He knows what's going on. He sends his disciples to fetch a donkey. He knows where it is. He's fully human, he knows the chaos, he feels it, and yet he deals with it. Jesus knows that we need lasting peace. He's experienced the chaos, he understands the uncertainty. Sometimes it takes something like a pandemic to remind us that much of what we think really matters may not matter at all. It's not that they're bad things, but the things we often worry about, they don't bring us lasting peace. Let's read Luke 19, 36 through 34. As He was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now He came nearer the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully, with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven, they said. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told Him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. As he approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, If you knew this day, what would bring peace? But now it's hidden from your eyes, for the days will come when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you and, harm you in, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. Now, Jesus is approaching on what we commonly call Palm Sunday. The people come out to greet him. Now, Luke, not being Jewish and not being from that part of the world as a historian, he doesn't mention the palm branches because they symbolize Jewish nationalism, but they were there with palm branches and with jackets. Luke wants to emphasize the universal nature of the cross, writing later, but they were waving the branches and laying down their coats. And in this situation, Jesus comes into Jerusalem in Passover and the Romans and the Jewish rulers, they were fearful, they were concerned because national pride swelled at moments like this. And there had been insurrections before and there would be them again 70 years later. Often revolt started now because this is the time when Israel looked at the promises God gave them for generations. They wanted a Messiah in the midst of the chaos In the pain of Greek and Roman oppression for hundreds of years. Their faith had been attacked, their altars had been torn down, they were hurting, their identity had been stripped away, their world had been obliterated, their freedom and their wealth had been taken away by taxation and oppression. Jesus came into a world that was chaotic and dangerous and filled with uncertainty. It certainly was. What we are experiencing today in our world They're now calling it a a once-in-a-century event. I hope that's the case. And when the world experiences tragic moments like this, we all react differently depending on our perspectives. But we all want the same thing. We want peace, wholeness. We want to understand what's happening, just as those that came out and saw Jesus want to understand. And they have three distinct perspectives on the same event in the chaos, and they have three different reactions. First, we have the true believers. Those who know and follow Jesus, who have found wholeness and hope and peace in Him. Just as Jesus calmed the storm and His disciples believed, those that have seen Him, they believe in Him. They've seen Him heal and teach and feed the crowds and prove He's the Son of God. Others, they were there as well. They followed Jesus, not just the 12th. They would hope that they would see more of what they had seen, that more miracles would occur. That's the first group next is what i would call the second group the hopeful they come out and shout and wave and praise jesus and lay down their coats and they're yelling out to him with expectations Bless is the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heaven and glory to god in the highest now we need a little background here to make sense of this what are they seeking from jesus what are they shouting these people have known chaos they've known loss they're weary they're tired they just want to believe They want Jesus to be the Messiah they expect, but they don't even really know for sure what that means. In the Jewish faith, they got excited at Passover. They thought maybe this is the year God gets to work. But would Jesus be the kind of Messiah they expected? Everyone had some expectations. I'm sure you get the idea, we always do. Some expected a Messiah that at the least would take the Roman oppression away and restore to them peace and the freedom and the comfort they dreamed about. That doesn't make them bad people or horrible or misguided i think them i think it makes them a lot like us because you and i if we're honest we're all looking for peace right now in our world our expectations from our messiah from jesus is we want peace we want comfort it's just part of our human nature look at verse 38 this comes straight from psalm 118 verse 26 Blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord we bless you from the house of the lord says psalm 118 The glory of God in the highest, they add that part in because that's the foundation of Jewish faith is to give God glory. This praise action that they're doing, the verse they're quoting, this comes from the festival of booths or tabernacles called Sukkot. This is the Jewish festival that they're quoting from Psalms. At this festival, they would shout out that praise to God. And it comes from Leviticus, this festival, and they would build these small tabernacles at Sukkot, these little breakable temporary huts to remind them what life was like during the Exodus out in the wilderness where they were in fear and chaos and uncertainty. It reminds them of their complete dependency on God for food and for water and for life itself, for strength to face uncertainty. There's a message in that for us today. As we cry out to Jesus, just as they did as He entered Jerusalem that day. God, will you use our circumstances, both the good ones and the difficult ones, to bring us closer? God, will you reveal yourself? Will you save us? Hosanna means, God, save us. Even when life seems horrific and impossible, we must trust that God is the one we depend on, that he will bring us peace from the chaos, from the pain, from the uncertainty. Both of these true believers and these hopeful, both these groups, they felt that peace might have been beyond their grasp, even unattainable. All they've known is hardship and loss in their lives. We can understand that. Maybe now more than ever, this makes sense to us. We're looking for peace. We're looking for hope, for strength. We're reaching out to God and we're saying, God, help us. We all want to follow God. The true believers, they wanted to follow him. Jesus' own disciples wanted to follow him. They promised to until he was arrested and they scattered. Those hopeful people, they want to follow him. They want to trust him. They're crying out to him. God, save us. They want to see something beautiful. They want peace because all they know is hardship. Have you felt like that? Like the whole world is upside down? Maybe you felt like that even before we heard of something called coronavirus. Maybe you were barely holding on before this happened. And this feels like some kind of weird dream, like a sci-fi TV show or a comic book. Maybe following Jesus is something you long to do, but now with what's happening in the world, it seems more difficult than ever. Now, those are the first two groups, but there's a third group, a third perspective, a third reaction. This is the group that we call uh, the defiant group. When we don't know how to follow Jesus, when we don't know what to do with them, this defiant group has a very different reaction than the first two groups. Their mindset is destructive. And notice that the religious authorities, they aren't hopeful, they're defiant. They don't understand what God is doing. Jesus is there in the midst and they're telling him, you're wrong and anyone who praises you is wrong. Look at the world around you. Look at the trouble you're causing, they tell Jesus. They have no sensitivity to what God is doing. All they see are the circumstances around them, the immediacy of their fear of the Roman authorities of bloodshed, of turmoil, of destruction. They don't trust that God can bring anything good from what's occurred. There's only anger and fear and resentment. They resent those that are praising Jesus. Look at verse 40, what he says to them. If they don't do this, the creation itself would cry out to praise me, Jesus says. The stones would cry out. The true believers follow Jesus and they want to fall behind him. The hopeful, they really, they're not sure what's going on. They may not even be aware of the circumstances and the danger spiritually of not following Jesus, but they're reaching out to Him. The defiant ones, they don't even understand the true intentions of the creation around them, the universe, as people cry out, as even the world cries out. Of they don't know how to react to Jesus, but look how He reacts to them in verse 41 and following. To all the people in Jerusalem, He describes to them a future, A reality that comes to you in AD 70 where Jerusalem is laid siege and the walls are torn down and all of Jerusalem is destroyed. And look what Jesus is doing. He's weeping. He says in verse 44, they didn't recognize when God came to visit. They didn't have any peace. As followers of Jesus, will we see him at work beyond our circumstances? Will we follow him or will we merely stay on the sidelines? And take a wait-and-see approach, hiding in the midst of the turmoil? Will we follow him? Will we wait and see? Or will we defy him? You see, peace is found when we walk right beside Jesus into these unknowns of life. Jesus is walking forward towards the cross. And only when we're following him, when we're praising in him, and when we're trusting in him, that is when we're safely in the will of God. Whether times are good or whether they're difficult, whether they feel impossible or they feel like they're just right. We find peace when we're dependent for God on every good thing. We know our salvation is found in Him. We know the power to obey Him and to love others, to love and to serve Him. All of that flows from Him and the Holy Spirit that lives within us, to have faith beyond our circumstances. All of that is a gift from God and we get it when we follow Him. We need it more now than ever. And when we follow him, when we rest in him, we find peace to walk beyond our circumstances and to know that God is with us beyond our circumstances so we can grow. Today in your life, what do you need to change to be closer to Jesus? For many of us, the myth that we don't have enough time to get into our Bibles, into our faith, might be changed temporarily. Will you and I take time this week to seek God in his word? to pray, to serve, and to find peace beyond the circumstances of today. Jesus deserves our worship beyond what's going on in the world around us. He's calling us to worship Him. He's calling us to reach out and to follow Him, to pray and to be behind Him, leading us on. That's where peace is found. Maybe this week you can reach out to someone from work a friend, a neighbor, a loved one and encourage them and maybe pray with them. Maybe you can pray for them. You see, reaching out in faith, praying and praising and trusting God, those are all acts of obedience. And God gives us peace as we step into those activities. Now Israel would continue to have difficulties and God would continue to drive them through the good things and even through the difficult circumstances, he would use those to cause them to reevaluate their dependence on him. He's done that throughout the ages to the church. He may be doing that to us now. If Jesus saw us, what would he weep for? What would he he call us to weep for in our lives? Will we follow him? Will we trust in him? Or will we take a wait-and-see attitude? What are the circumstances in your life right now? What is God placing you in this place to pray and to seek? Pray and ask God. How he has used the circumstances, maybe in your past, to shape your present. Keep praying and asking God to show you from your past and even your present how you can become more like him. Ask him to reveal to him, to reveal to you rather, more of what it means to follow him and receive that peace. Peace is is a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus, it's not dependent on circumstances because they'll always change. Sometimes they'll be difficult. Because God is always moving us into deeper obedience, He will even use these difficult circumstances, the good ones and these bad ones, to draw us closer to Him. Consider how Jesus may have already done this in your life to see how He's at work in your life even today. Of course, now in this moment, we're called to draw closer to Jesus than ever and to trust in Him and to serve Him beyond our circumstances, beyond what we see in the world around us reflect on the questions in the notes below type something in and send yourself a copy as an email set a reminder almost like a journal to go back and look at what god has revealed to you of how you can find greater peace and greater wholeness in him to serve him beyond your circumstances in the days and weeks to come only then friends will we know peace when we know that god who dwells with us who tabernacles with us who provides for us even when we're weary and we feel we're alone in the wilderness Pray and seek and study. Look at the Wednesday word. Come and pay attention as we have these worship times together. Write down, ask yourself, how has God been faithful to my past circumstances, even the hard ones? How is he being faithful to me even now in the present to give me peace? If you have a need, reach out to us. If you have a physical need, if you're at risk, email us, help at Stopres.church. If you can help out, you can email us there as well. We want to provide for you. We want to care for you. Submit a prayer request as well on this page and know that we are thankful for you and we love you.